Evening, brothers and sisters. Evening. Brian, like you, I was encouraged just to hear so much of the word uh, coming out in those prayers. Um, so much to say about this particular passage, right? So we're inevitably, you and I are inevitably going to come away from this time unsatisfied, but that's, that's, that's okay. We're going to use this as a springboard to think more about how we can, how we can do this in our life together. Um, so many things that I'd say, oh man, I need to say something about that. But, you know, listen to Jason's uh, sermon this morning. I was struck, uh, one of the, you know, struck by a lot of things, but one of the things that struck me was Solomon's humility. Um, you know, the son of the king knew that he was inadequate for the task, um, that he needed God's help, that even as king, there was one to whom he was accountable. And you just see him placing himself under that authority and recognizing it. And I was thinking, you know, isn't that somewhat what the Lord does for us when he saves us? We're brought to repent, to agree with him that we are bankrupt in ourselves. Um, we abandon hope of saving ourselves, and we cast ourselves fully on the payment of another for us, of Christ for us. Right? And the Spirit opens our eyes to the fact that there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, um, to whom we must give an account, Hebrews 4, that we are not our own, that we are bought with a price, um, that we're not slaves of sin, but we're slaves of God, and we belong to Him, and He gives us His good commands, and we discover they're not burdensome, Right? But they bring life, and they give us hope and direction and comfort and help in all of these things. And so my prayer is that we'll come to the Word this time, not just here, but all the time, uh, with that attitude, submitting ourselves to it. Um, it's, it made me think of what we read responsibly this morning from Psalm 119. That's worth going. If you got your bullet and go back, otherwise just read Psalm 119. Right? May He incline our hearts to His testimonies, not to selfish gain. May He confirm to His servants His promise that he may be feared. May we long for his precepts, that in his righteousness he may give us life. Right? So let's come to him and come to his word with that attitude, all of us together. Um, so as Brian said, we're considering our church covenant, that those who are members here at Delray Baptist have, have promised um, in our, to adhere to in our life together as a way that we're, going to, that we're going to live our life together as this local expression of the body of Christ. Uh, and then we're going to look at the verse that, that comes alongside of that um, and just see what it has to say for us. And that first article reads, for those of you who haven't memorized the church covenant, and I haven't memorized it word for word, but I got the first article down, right? It says, we will submit to the authority of the Scriptures as the final word on all matters of life and doctrine. I'll read it again. We will submit to the authority of the Scriptures as the final word on all matters of life and doctrine. And then that article cites 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. So if you've got a Bible, open it up, turn it on, whichever it is. Um, but, you know, for those who are new, things like church covenants have verses at the end, not just for, oh yeah, by the way, this is a little proof text for this. Those verses are there to remind us that our covenant is subordinate to the Word of God, that is derived from the Word of God, we trust, and then also to, as helps to us to live that promise out that we've made. Um, so let's look at that verse we have here. We're just going to read it. We're going to zoom out a little bit, look at the context that it was in, then we're going to go back in and draw some lessons from it and then apply it to our lives. Um, so read with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 14, where Paul tells Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it 
and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the the context of this, if you look back in chapter 3, and we won't read through all of it, but if you start at chapter, in the beginning of chapter 3, Paul starts telling Timothy about in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, and he goes on and on and on with a list of things that are going to characterize this generation in these last days. We're living in those last days. We see all manner of dysfunction, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, on and on it goes. He gives Timothy some advice to avoid those kind of people. Talks about the fact that those people are going to come into the church and try to lead people astray. And he says, well, you've followed me, Timothy. There in verse 10, he said, you've, you've followed my teaching. You've seen my conduct, so stick with that. Uh, you've also seen my persecution. You've seen how I've been persecuted for that. And oh, by the way, verse 12, everybody who wants to live a godly life in Christ is going to be persecuted, and evil people are going to go from bad to worse. So that's our context. Sounds a little familiar. At least it did to me, right? Evil people going from bad to worse. Controversy divisions being sown in the church, chaos outside, sexual revolutions, you name it. Everything just kind of weighing down on us and people feeling the weight of that. And in that context, then, Paul says, but as for you, we stay in the word. I love those places in the Bible where something's built up and then there's a but God. You know, the first part of Ephesians, you're dead in your trespasses and sins without hope, but God, right? Here Paul's saying, the world's going the world's going to pot, right? Everything is chaos around us. People are going to decide, be sowing division, going from evil to worse. But Timothy, as for you, right, follow the teaching that you know you've had, right? So then he starts talking about the word and how is God breathed, remembering who he's read it from. But that little portion there, you know, remember who you, you got this from. This, this wasn't, it didn't just kind of appear out of nowhere. Your mother, your grandmother taught this to you. I taught this to you, Timothy. You know, a good application that I got, this was actually listening to a podcast and Garrett said it, it's like, you're not the first person to read the Bible, right? <laughs> so we have people who have taught and gone before us and teach these things. So yeah, think of the faithfulness of the pastors and the teachers and the people who've led you to Christ as, you, as you're into this word. This is not some new thing. This is the faith once for all delivered to the saints that the church through the ages has believed and loved. And then it gets more specific, though, about the word itself. And that's what we're, where we'll focus here. He says, it is all from God. God breathed. I think if you're, I'll say for me, I don't know about you, I've read that verse enough, memorized that verse, I sometimes just pass it over. Verses that get familiar get passed over. But that word, all scripture is breathed out by God. That's what the Greek word says. It is God breathed. It is things that God has spoken to us. And think of his word through the Bible. He speaks and the universe comes into being. He speaks his word and hearts are changed. This is God's breathed out word to us. How many times have we thought, man, I wish I could have been back in the first century and seen Jesus, or heard Jesus talk. And like, it sounds cliche, but we're hearing Jesus talk right here. This is God's breathed words to us. Um, it's profitable. It does us good. It, it, this does us real good. We don't just do it because 
Brian said we need to make sure and read our Bible every day. This is, man, I need good done to me, and so I, read, I, I fill myself with this word. It makes us wise. It's able to make you wise unto salvation, skilled in godly living. That's the definition of wisdom. The Bible is able to give you what, you, what we know we lack. Like we just talked about, I, Lord, I don't know how to face these troubles. I don't know how to parent my kids right. I don't know how to help this person who's come to me with this problem, whatever. God gives us wisdom with the end even to our salvation, leading us in the path that we would never follow ourselves unto our, the salvation of our souls from here. It's profitable for everything in the Christian life, right? So you hear teaching, everything we do together, teaching, rebuking, training, correcting, and that's just representative. That's not the, right? Comforting, helping, restoring, literally everything that we do together um, to make us complete. Some versions, older versions used to say perfect, and then people go, what does that mean? I'm sinless. And no, but that word means totally completed, fully formed. Everything that the Lord wants you to be is you will, get from, you will get from the Word, equipped for every good work that He has prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. What a marvelous gift. Um, I think those of us who have either parented or dealt with children, you know that boundaries and guidelines are actually good. If, you were on, if your house was on the edge of a really steep hill, you would feel really nervous if your kids were out there just running around and there was no fence but you put a fence up and suddenly they're safe and they're free to enjoy everything that you have in that yard of yours. Um, or even in our business area, when, the, when, when you, if nobody has any guidance and nobody knows what we're doing, we're all kind of running around doing nothing. But once there's some guidance, the full resources of that company or that team gets put and all of a sudden we're productive and we're doing things. And that's what God has given us in his word. He said, here's who I am. Here's what I expect of you. Here's the truth about you. Here's how I, much I love you and here's how I'm reconciling you to myself. And here's now how you can live. Here's how you can realize you, my full purposes for you in this Christian life. So this, that is a tremendous gift for us that God has given us in his word. So the next question, of course, you know, after that is, do we believe that? Do we live in accordance with that? Which is actually another way of saying, do we believe that? Ouch. I, that's, when I thought about that, that kind of hurt me, right? If we live in accordance with that, that's the evidence that we believe these things. The Word is the only rule for our faith and practice. This is the only standard by which to measure our opinions and our practices, um, the only sure path to wisdom and life. So are we laboring to be full of this Word, um, to be steeped in its wisdom, to be conformed by it so that we can help each other along in accordance with it? Even more specifically, let's look at some more. You know, the, Hebrews says the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the joints and marrow. And Shannon and I were talking, like, if you're using the word and it never hurts, you might not be wielding that sword right. <laughs> so sometimes it brings comfort, it brings joy, it brings light. It also sometimes cuts, and that's good. That's a good thing. Um, and it might be profitable to go, you know, after this time, think, okay, am I using, am I really going to the word in, you know, in everything? But let's, you know, apply it very specifically. Think of something that you've posted online. Right? And if asked, would you be able to articulate a biblical, scriptural summary of that topic? Would you be able to articulate what the scriptures say about whatever it is, whatever that article or whatever that topic is that you've post, posted? Uh, when you want to research a position, do you go to your favorite blog 
and have your Bible there in case you need to check something? Or do you go to the Word and having studied it and looked, then maybe you go to the blog of a really trusted preacher and get some help and further understanding that. That's a difference. That's a, and I, I'm speaking to myself. That's an evidence of whether you're trusting in my own, just like Jason preached this morning, trusting in our own wisdom or trusting in the Word first and going to that for all, for all the sources of wisdom. When someone asks you for advice or just tells you about what's going on in their life, um, is your first reaction to think of what verses might apply to that? What are some of the scriptural principles that apply here? I mean, think of what a blessing it is. Think, think of somebody you know that when you talk to them, it's not long before Bible verses come out and how much light and, and comfort those, those bring to you. Um, I, w- I will use Garrett as an example because he's not here. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and it was a podcast that were talking about the troubles in the world and news from 2021, and, you know, and at the end, the guy was just saying, give, give us, some, give us a, your final word. What's, what's some hope for us? And Garrett just quoted John 16, where he says, yeah, this just reminds me, you know, in this world you will have trouble, but Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And you could sense, even on that podcast, the guy went, yeah, yeah. And how many times has that happened to you when somebody, you're, you're struggling with this problem, and somebody just brings the word to it? And you're like, hmm, yes, because that's what it's designed to do. It brings us light and wisdom and help, right? That's what we use to help each other. So may we be that kind of person, right? Maybe we, we should be striving to be sort of the kind of person that's a sponge, you know, and so, and if somebody bumps up against you, they get a little damp with some scripture on them and some Bible on them, right? We should strive to be that. The Bible is for everything, Right. Go back, go, I'll remind us of that, of, of our phrase, of our, uh, the phrase from our, um, from our covenant. It says, we will submit to the authority of the scriptures as the final word on all matters of life and doctrine. So parents, in your parenting, are you looking in the word and asking the Lord to guide you in accordance with the word? Doesn't mean you can't ever read a parenting book. We give out parenting books in parenting class, but are you starting with, what, is the, what does the Bible have to say about this? Singles? In your dating, are you looking for principles from the scriptures about who and how and whether to date, um, about how you use your time in, as, as, you're, as you're waiting for the Lord to bring you a spouse? Businessmen, what does the Bible have to say about how you do business? Right? What does that have to say to all of us about how we approach our work and how we view our work? Kids, does the Bible have anything to say about how you view authority in your school? Does the Bible have things to say to you about diligence in work? Right? Maybe that'd be a good thing to talk to your parents about, right? Or maybe they've already talked to you about it. So, uh, those in formal authority, government officials, police officers, what does the word have to say about the position you've been given and how you're supposed to handle it? On and on and on. And of course, that one job Jason mentioned this morning that we all have, church member. But what, what does the word have to say about, you know, this is our covenant after all that we've promised with each other. What does the word have to say in this truth should impact our time, our words, our attitudes, our actions, everything else that goes on together with us as Christians. There is nothing for which we should not be going to the Word for guidance um, so that we can submit ourselves to it to the end of finding life and freedom and a clear path ahead for those things. The Westminster Confession puts it very well. It goes like this. The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for His own glory Man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down in Scripture or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture. 
There you go. It's all, this is for everything. We have to be Bible-oriented. Like I said, those sponges. Now, you know, practically, I know I was thinking this. Somebody here might be thinking, it. okay, so are you saying I have to be a walking concordance? You know, and I got to have a Bible verse for everything, and I'm not that, sp- well, no. We are talking here more about posture, right? We're, we're, this, this fundamentally, we're talking about our orientation. Where are we going first? When we have a dispute with someone. What, is our, what are both of us aiming to find, the truth of Scripture or our own position in those things? So, yeah, you don't have to be a walking concordance, right? Um, but, and our, and our, but our first impulse should be to look for it in the Word, and we really can't use the excuse, well, I'm just not that smart, right? God knows how smart you are. God knows how much brains he gave you. He gave you a certain intellectual wallet, so spend what you have, right? Spend more time. If you know, however many Bible verses you do or don't know, you could know a couple more. So learn a couple more. And then never, ever discount the value and what God, the fruit that God will bring from faithfulness over time. We all want to be, we all hear some story up here about somebody who's this awesome apologist and he knew so many verses and we just kind of go, ah, I can't be like that. Well, okay, maybe, maybe never, but boy, you could sure be a little closer to that day by day by day by day. And maybe after three years or 10 years of reading your Bible a lot, you'll know some more Bible. And you may still know less than that guy, but do not discount the fruit that God brings from faithfulness, not instant transformation or anything like that. Isaiah 55, 11, my word will, go, will not return to me void without, without returning for the, accomplish, the purpose for which I sent it. And even I had the verse on that Shannon read in her prayer that the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord is like a tree planted by the streams and it bears fruit and it grows and it's solid. So delight in his word. And that promise of scripture will be true for us. So... Uh, no, you don't have to be a walking concordance. Yes, you should read your Bible more, and we should, know, we should all know our Bibles more. Um, and, you know, there are things that we are going to encounter that don't necessarily have some proof text, right? So, the, but, the, so just, but just because the Bible doesn't speak specifically and explicitly to everything does not mean the Bible does not apply to everything, right? And there may be many things that we come to, and we come to a disagreement. We'll talk about that in just a second. But our job then is to search the scriptures the harder and to work and to pray. We do have the Holy Spirit in us to show us these things so that we can uncover the principles that are in scriptures. So if there's not a specific verse on, uh, I don't know, shorts length or uh, fiscal policy, or I can't find the verse on that, but there are principles in the word that we can labor together toward, right? So that we can uncover those and then pray for wisdom Josh prayed for that, James 1.5, so that we can apply it to our lives, and God will be faithful. I think two quick words um, that we should keep in mind as we think about how we're applying this all to our lives. Um, humility and love. So first, humility. Um, look at what we've said we will do in our covenant. Right? We will submit. Ephesians 5.21 talks about giving thanks in all things as we submit to one another in the Lord. Um, Hum, that means humble yourself sometimes. We have to be willing to receive and submit to instruction, even to have our most cherished opinions and preferences brought into submission to the words that God has breathed out for us. So we should submit our opinion. Submit your edge in that discussion or disagreement you've been having with somebody. Submit your story to the Scripture. Um, these days, that's what we hear a lot about, right? This, my, tell me your story, my story. But I don't want to discount people's experiences. We have, to, we have to love each other. We have to help each other with what God has, has brought them through. 
But then we all have to submit our stories to the Scripture. And we can't say, well, this is what happened to me, so this is what, no, this is what happened to me, and this is what the Bible has to say about it. So we interpret our stories by the light of Scripture, not the other way around. Um, it may mean that through reading and instruction, maybe we'll need to see that something that I thought was a hard rule actually is, is a matter of liberty. And I have to allow for some differences, even as, I, even as I choose my own preference. And then I have to not bring it up. Right? That's humility, when I've been instructed by the Scriptures. Or it might mean an area that you thought was an area of liberty turns out on instruction from the Word, you find out, no, that actually, the Bible's a little more clear about that, and this isn't actually very wise, and you may have to adopt a different standard. So you know, a, a good way to root out some humility or, just, or some, some uh, pride in your life is check your reaction when you have to let someone else's sacred cow go or give up yours. <laughs> so if just, I can feel it, and I'm preaching to myself, everyone here, when, when you... Oh, the scripture just said that, yeah, no, there, that's, that's an area of liberty, man. You got, so that's a good way to see how, kind of, how pride is hiding under the surface in our, in our lives. Um, so humility, we have got to come to this in humility. And the other is love. 1 Corinthians 13, if you have prophetic powers and you understand everything there is to understand, mysteries and all knowledge and everything, and you don't have love, you're a resounding gong and a clanging, clanging cymbal and you have nothing. Not, so, we, we come to this verse, all scriptures read it out by God, useful for teaching. There's a truth here. We got to live by it, people. That's all true, but if we don't have love to apply it in one another's lives, then we're just, we, we've got nothing. Some of us might have been in places where you must submit to the word was actually used maybe more of as a means of control, right, or a me, instead of a means of help and harmony in the body. Um, some of us get very certain uh, about our position, about, uh, in our position about the Bible's meaning in a certain area that's actually kind of a tricky area. Uh, so um, I'll, I'll, share, I'll, I'll admit, I am by nature a quibbler. So, and then, you know, here I am wondering where my kids got it, and I have to kind of look in the mirror. You know, so, so love tempers those impulses in us. Love causes us to say, you know, I'm not here trying to convince you. I'm here as a brother and a sister under the authority of God's Word. And we really want both to go see what God's Word has to say for us. Um, Paul told the Colossians, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So we've made this promise together to submit to the authority of Scripture, um, not so that we can beat each other into line, but to run to and to live together in the shelter and the rest and the protection and the light of God's word that he has breathed out for us um, until that day when we see the word face to face. So let's pray with me. Father, we are but little children. We do not know how to go in or come out. Um, we ask that you would give us wisdom. Lord, give us a listening heart. Give us hearts of discernment so that we would know your will, that we would do your will, um, and that we would know you, and that we would help each other to do that along this pilgrimage that you have us on. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.